to Bunta Vista episode 133. Uh, you're here with me, Theo. We're in four separate sensory deprivation tanks. Uh, I'm just lying in here quietly. Just me and my own thoughts. Just me and just, just me with my thoughts. Just my thoughts. Just, just me and my thoughts. I am here with Andrew, though. Uh, Andrew's in his tank. He's managed to smuggle in a whole bunch of soap. He's making suds everywhere. And he's also got a whole bunch of uh, racist disguises. And he'll be using those to act out the entire intro to the pest. How are you, Andrew? Uh, I'm good. (laughs) (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. Yep. That's the classic uh, character from the pest that we all uh, remember. That's you doing the part pretending to be a pharaoh, right? Mm-hmm. Um, all kinds of things. He's uh, he's like Groucho Marx at some point, uh-huh. tapping his uh, cigar he, that he also has in the shower for some yep. reason. Uh, extremely uh, racist Asian man, unfortunately, for a very long period of time. Yep. Yep. And I've brought all that stuff with me today in tribute to um, John Leguizamo. Hmm. He's having a great old time over there. Uh, we've got Lucy, who is frowning and wondering why she spent the money because she was already going to be in a bathtub with all the lights off at home anyway. And that doesn't cost you anything. What is it, the bloody roast of Lucy Valentine? <laughs> Rude. Continue. Hey, Lucy. I'm fine. I've actually been in one of these sensory deprivation tanks and it was disappointing. Yeah, it really? was pretty. It was okay. It's quite, it's a nice relaxing thing. It's no Simpsons, you know, like crazy drug trip, you know. Okay. Yeah. I got the feeling that if I did it more than once, that that would have helped. That's true. I feel like um, I was spending a lot of the time just getting the vibe of the whole the thing, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, because um, when you first get into one, you're like, this is unsettling because uh, the, the salt content of the water is insanely high. So you, you can't even like push your leg under the water kind of thing which oh. just immediately blasts back up wow. which is how you float on your back so easily yeah without having to put any kind of thought or effort into how you're floating or anything oh, there you go um so that's cool they, they have a light that you can switch on if you're a coward but i did <laughs> not um but yeah like once once you sort of get into that zone of just completely emptying your mind and you're and naked in there like a newborn like an oh, unborn yeah. mm-hmm. that's right um, I was out there in the lobby and they were like, please, sir, wait until you get into the room. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> it's like, no time. I'm getting in the zone now. And uh, speaking of being nude and in the zone, uh, we've got Ben <laughs> in the final tank. And he is, of course, astral projecting through space and time <laughs> uh, into a small nude goblin-like creature in the uh, British Columbia forests uh, in the 1980s. Um, performing little visitations upon the township surrounding, which will eventually become the basis of an X-Files episode. Wonderful stuff. How are you doing, Ben? I'm doing great. I ignored all the warning signs about uh, not being intoxicated uh, before Mm -hmm. going to the sensory deprivation tank. I had uh, three beers, a tab of acid, a couple of brownies, and I've laid back into the tub and immediately left my own body. And I'm feeling great about it. Cool. I do uh, want to get blasted in one of those. Oh, <laughs> God, that's the fucking dream, right? But we're not just here to get absolutely wasted in the tank. We are, of course, using our big brains, uh, forming one mind like the precogs for Minority Report. 
to put together the world's greatest scams, the world's greatest grifts, new snake oil, all that shit. Uh, And we need all of our brains because we are competing with the world's biggest, dumbest, best grifters. I am, Mm. of course, talking about just about everybody that's part of the right-wing apparatus, politics, news... um, the grift advisory. Just a, it's just a grift fest. <laughs> so we've got just an episode, back-to-back, wall-to-wall grifts. Uh, and, of course, we are starting off with the old reverse pork barrel. What a wonderful little term. Um, it's a difficult manoeuvre to pull off. It is a difficult manoeuvre to pull off. But, Ben, do you want to tell us how exactly you pull off a reverse pork barrel? Uh, very carefully. Uh-huh. Cool. <laughs> um. Look, we're going to spend some time uh, figuring out what the words reverse pork barrel uh, could actually mean, but we're starting with that phrase because that is how uh, Deputy Nationals Leader Bridget McKenzie described her actions in being in control of a $100 million sports grant program that it turns out, uh, well, I mean, this is contentious because obviously she, she denies it, was just a massive pork barreling scheme. So the idea of this thing is... Uh, the uh, Sports Australia, the body that looks over, uh, you know, sort of funding and promoting sports in Australia, whatever, had $100 million to spend. They're going to give it to sports clubs to, you know, rebuild their facilities, put on events, do that sort of stuff. Anything to sort of promote people's engagement in sport. Uh, The way it works is there was a committee for Sports Australia who looked at all of the applications and then they vetted those applications, and then they submitted a list to the sports minister. Uh, the then sports minister, Bridget McKenzie, looked at that list and said, ha, 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 crumpled up that list, threw it into the bin, and then did her own list. And would you believe uh, that that was I, heavily I put it. I put it to you, Ben, that they did not wait to see the list before deciding what they were going to do. Oh, with you the reckon they, they crumpled up the bit of paper... Without even eyeballing it. Well, it's just good pa- project management, right? Yeah. They know that the next step doesn't rely on the list. So just don't wait. What's the point? I'd love to see efficiency in government. Yeah. Uh, so the, uh, just an overwhelming uh, proportion of this money was given to marginal seats that Little Party wanted to retain. Uh, most prominently in the third round of funding. Uh, so there were three stages of announcements for this for that split up the $100 million. The third one was right before the last election, uh, and it turned out that uh, 73% of the approved projects in the final round of grants were not recommended by Sport Australia, but approved by Senator McKenzie's office. So Sport Australia had been like, well, here's what we want you to do. Bridget McKenzie went, ha 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 This is a bit dry, but this is from the Auditor General from the Australian National Audit Office. Uh... They did an investigation into it, which I can't wait to tell you why, uh, but their findings in the investigation uh, were as follows. The award of funding reflected the approach documented by the Minister's Office of focusing on marginal electorates held by the Coalition, as well as those electorates held by other parties or independent members that were to be targeted by the Coalition at the 2019 election. Applications for projects located in those electorates were more successful in being awarded funding than if funding was allocated on the basis of merit assessed against the published program guidelines blah 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 
So this which is, is, a, which is like the, <coughs> the definition of pork barreling. Yeah, they're absolutely straight up saying this is pork barreling. This isn't like one of those things where an order has come out and they've sort of hedged their bets and been like, oh, the data's a little bit skewed in one direction. They've just fucking yeah. straight up said, oh, you're pork baller. Ba- ba- yeah, yeah. You're a I, pork I th- ballerina. I think that's, you are a pork mm-hmm. ballerina. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's very worth noting that um, a, lot of, a lot of journalists seemed very taken aback when this report first came out by how blunt the wording was it's weird you never see it um yeah like because like you said man a lot of them are like well this could give the appearance that favor was given on the base of this thing but they they are just saying you know the the merit-based assessment was not followed at all and instead they gave the money to places where they thought that they would win votes hey it might be worth noting for our international listeners because having listened recently to um to our pals over at chapo trap house when uh they were talking about visiting england and they were talking about like marginal seats and they were like what the fuck is that because um to americans it's like swing states and swing voters and stuff uh so that's what marginal seats mean it means uh places which could go either way in an election due to how narrow the margin is you are Leading welcome, to international You are listeners. welcome for this bomb of knowledge <laughs> dropped upon you. Um, so this is my favourite part of this whole story, maybe. The reason that uh, this investigation was launched in the first place... I think you've got uh, a theme song for this to queue up there, Andrew. You want to... Yeah, I do, but it's, um, it's, it's pretty long, so maybe you can just, you can just start reading away while it just kind of gets itself in there you know thank you so much so this investigation was launched because of a person called Georgina Dowder who has tried unsuccessfully to form a political dynasty off the back of her dad uh, she launched this invest. well she was the cause of this investigation because in February of 2019 oh, wow. I've just got to I feel like I've got to let this song play out I appreciate your effort to go against Tide for a while then. Oh, oh, Alright. Are we gonna play three entire minutes? No. Oh. Okay. No, we <laughs> Anyway, uh, this was all because Ben wrote the pun in the notes Downer with the sickness. And that'll now be our theme tune for anything downer related. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, which I'm sure will come up a lot. Uh, and I look forward to that. Her um, father, of course, being for his own uh, big-time failure, former um, Liberal Party leader and election loser, Alexander Downer. Um, the guy great sucks. Great big, dumb, Tory, tough dickhead who everybody hates. Really annoying voice uh, as well. Mm. Seems like. and, mm. and they very, very clearly considered the seat of Mayo, funnily enough. Mm. <laughs> they very clearly considered the seat uh-huh. of Mayo to be like, theirs by birthright. Yeah, their um, dynasty. And it's part of securing her birthright. Uh, in the lead up to the election, she posed for a photo holding a glass of champagne with a Liberal Party branded novelty check for $127,323, uh, which is made out to Yankalilla Bowling Club. This is a bowling club that's in the seat of Mayo, which was uh, the seat she was unsuccessfully campaigning in. Now, now just to bowls. be clear here, this is a large check with the number of... The money that they will be receiving, the amount of money that they will be receiving written on it. Yes. In the Liberal Party uh, livery. 
Yep, it's got the logo in the livery. corner. It's in the livery colors. Um, with a gigantic. Li- li- I'm going down the library. R- no, re- no, book. fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> with a, with a big photo of Georgina Downer on it, and the impression from an outside observer would perhaps think that this was money coming from. Georgina Downer from the Liberal Party whoa, to, whoa, whoa. to this bowling club. Whoa, just through. Why, why, I mean, if you were. Where would you get that idea from? Look, so you're looking at this. Uh huh. Yep, you're looking at the setup. Yep. You're looking from the photo of her <laughs> to the amount, to the glass of champagne, <laughs> to all the smiling faces in the photo, yep. back down to the amount, back to her face, uh, and so on for several minutes. And the only uh, logical conclusion that you can come to is this is $127,323 from the Liberal Party to the Yankilla Bowling Club. Hmm. And it's very... A, a gift, if you will. It's so important here to note that she is not a member of government at that time. Right. Yeah. So she but. has had nothing to do with any of this process whatsoever. <laughs> uh, but she certainly is letting the Liberal Party take credit for it. She's letting herself take credit for it. Uh... Her response to it was amazing. Um, when questioned about the appearance, Ms. Downer insisted she had not broken any rules and that the large novelty-sized check with her name and face on it was clearly not legal tender. <laughs> like, that was the issue. that <laughs> People were being yeah. like, wow, she gave them real money. They'll just take that giant uh, novelty check down to the bank, get it exchanged for real money. Is it not legal tender? Like, how big... Does the check have to be where it's no longer considered cashable by the bank? I don't know if the size is the yeah. issue. I don't think the issue is probably, A, that it's uh, not her money to give in any capacity whatsoever. I suppose so. <laughs> but I mean, that's it also, it's probably the main issue, really. Even if you drew up a check that was the regular size of a check, I don't think it instantly functions as a real check. I don't know how checks work. I don't know it's how 2020. checks work. I'm saying that, and I'm not entirely sure. Maybe you can. Hey, this was this was the Facebook post from the Yankalilla Bowling Club uh, that went along with the photo originally. Great news! Exclamation! 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 Wow, that's great news! It's all caps as well. Fucking great news! Um, Georgina Downer will be at the Ankalilla Bowling Club at, on Friday afternoon at 5.30pm to make a formal announcement about the success of the grant application to repair the green. A big thank you to Fraser Arend, who put in many hours, and Petch, who provided amazing support, and Georgina Downer, who made her time available to the bowling club and provided support to our project. Mm. It should be noted that um, the person who uh, was the MP at the time... And is still the MP because she won the election. Rebecca Sharkey uh, did not get told about any of this. Did not get invited to the photo <laughs> opportunity, and saw it all in the news later. So, um, this, so when, this so up- when she's so this check, I'm looking at the check here now, and it does say the words Georgina Downer, um, and um, it's a bit a bit of uh, glare here, but I think it says Liberal for Liberal Mayo. For Mayo. Right, so on that... so And then it has the Liberal Party saying, logo. Yeah, but you're saying she's not the member for Mayo. And this is sort of more just an aspirational check. Uh, that quite, She's kind of the secreting with this check. <laughs> um, through the it's power more, of belief that she'll get more, in. 
It's just that she has chosen a very strange format for celebrating the allocation of money that she has nothing to do with either being awarded or uh, being, I guess, involved in any way, shape or form beyond writing down the big number on a big novelty check that happens. Yes, it happens to have a publicity photo of her on it and it has her name and liberal for mayor and the and the you know the logo of the political party liberal she's for mayor i just it's a nice phrase it is, it hey, is. i'm liberal for mayo whenever i'm making a goddamn sandwich oh, tell me about it you ever put mayo on the outside of a toasted sandwich oh it's so good it's what are the stories but i've never tried it mm. oh it's great you gotta Give do it, it. Go. you gotta do it change your life oh um, so anyway, but, i mean that's not that's not a bad that's it, it's not a good image, right? But as long as, I guess, the money was going to them via some sort of, like, merit basis. Oh. Yeah. Merit and I suppose basis. as long as they didn't also do that in hundreds of other communities across the country. <laughs> well, there's absolutely no way that that's the case. Let me just take a big sip of water and continue mm-hmm. reading from this document. Take a big sip of beer and then immediately spill it on your couch. <laughs> hey, I, yep. I haven't spilled a beer on this couch in easily two episodes. <laughs> uh, so the way this whole thing worked was Sports Australia looked at everything. They had like this big 100-point scale divided into different sections, blah, blah, blah. But uh, the important thing is they had a cutoff, right? 74 points of the cutoff was the cutoff. If you got over that, you were considered to have a successful application and it was their recommendation that the thing be given uh some amount of funding uh it turns out they wasted a whole lot of their time doing that uh so according to some documents seen by the abc uh 94 of the 223 projects deemed successful in the first round uh failed that test so they were under that successful threshold on top of that 21 of the 35 projects in nationals held seats given funding in the first round uh didn't satisfy it so that's 21 out of 35. That is most of them, which is fucking insane. Uh, and then some of the seats that did get them, despite their getting absurdly poor recommendations, are just insane. Uh, there was a football club in Latrobe that got a $500,000 grant despite having an assessment score of 50 out of 100. Uh, hmm. Contrast that with a roller derby upgrade in the safe national seat of Gippsland that didn't get a cent, even though it got a 98 out of 100 rating. Uh, the three least worthy applications that received funding were all in coalition held seats. The project that had the lowest score was awarded $500,000, which is the maximum amount you can get. Uh, that was for Packham Football Club to build changing rooms for female footballers and netballers. Uh, but it should be noted um, that the one that did receive the most money for anything... Um, it, it sp- they spent the money on the change rooms because they had already received funding from other sources for the project that they actually submitted a thing for. Yeah, they got uh, local council, state and federal funding for the same project for the same amount. Pretty cool. So funded three times over and then they went, uh, they had to go back and say, is it okay if we spend the money on something else because we have too much of the money? Uh, there was a another place that got the maximum $500,000 grant uh, was for a rugby union club in Adelaide that got $500,000 to build new female change rooms, despite the fact that they have not fielded a women's team since 2018, when it was embroiled in a sexism controversy. <laughs> uh, hey, we can't get no women here anymore. 
this was another real like attributing their success directly to the Liberal Party as well. Announces success in securing the grant. The club thanks the offices of the then Liberal MP Christopher Bine and the State Liberal Deputy Leader Vicky Chapman, who was also a club sponsor. Cool. Uh, they confirmed that the last time they fielded a women's team in the state competition was in 2018. Uh, according to the club website, it is hoping to, quote, reinvigorate the women's team ahead of the 2020 season, but it has not yet registered a women's team for the 2020 competition. Oh, they're going to be like, look at these change rooms we got. It's going to be like a <laughs> fucking on, palace in there. <laughs> we got crappers like you wouldn't believe. There's not even oh. any of those little holes for the men's to peep through. <laughs> uh, there's another great example here. This one's from The Guardian. Um, the stated aim of the grants program is to increase community participation in sport and physical activity, but The Guardian has found a number of new cases where money has flowed to relatively wealthy golf clubs for projects that had questionable links to boosting community participation. The government awarded $190,000 to the Tea Tree Gully Golf Club, a picturesque course at the foot of the Adelaide Hills. The club's 2018 annual report says it planned to use the $190,000 to build a new foyer and install an access lift. The upgrades were, in part, designed to attract more functions, including weddings. Mm. Yep. And there were, like, There's- multiple multiple groups, like um, multiple clubs and stuff like that, where there's, like private golf clubs that you need to pay membership fees to join that have got money from this thing like the idea that it's supposed to improve community participation is very funny also i'm also enjoying the guys that like had to um investigate this right to see if it's all above board and i'm imagining one of those like detective things with the pins and the like nice velvet string or whatever what do you reckon that red string's made out of it's nice. It's heavy. Anyway, but instead of it being like a nice, like a, a weird web of like tangled interests, they just take the pin from uh, one point uh, and they drag the string and put a pin uh, in the local uh, liberal member and then they dust their hands and they walk away from the board. Mm. Yeah, that's just a one-step one, a one step process. That's that is an early nice lunch string. right there. Where do you get that string from? I think it's just like red wool, <laughs> like yarn. String know, It looks nice. looks soft. <laughs> I'd love now to have look, one of those boards in my house Some newspaper clippings What would it be a Conspiracy of? board Like what are you What are you making a web of <laughs> I don't Kingdom know Kingdom Hearts 3 plot <laughs> <laughs> uh, Romantic entanglements between DS9 characters mm-hmm, That's right <laughs> Now look You could look at this And you could say Alright so The stats are a little bit off But Maybe that's just a coincidence Maybe that's just the way things shook out um, there are maybe a few indications that that might not be the case. Uh, this is, again, quoting from the ABC. Uh, ministerial documents obtained by the ABC might help explain why Sport Australia might have been so annoyed. Right from the outset, it is clear the Community Sport Infrastructure Grant Program was highly politicised, with Senator McKenzie's office colour-coding the nearly 2,000 grant applications according to the party that held the electorate. Wow. They've just, like, gone at the Excel spreadsheet and been like, oh, is it obvious enough that we're doing, like, crime here? No, no, let's just let's make it real clear. Incredible. Oh, it's fucking sensational. Imagine being the journalist that got that and just be like, oh. Just oh, open the spreadsheet and it's just, like, blatantly <laughs> color-coded. Amazing. Uh, like, so- it, it's just, it's alarming because, like, you know, they've obviously tried to brush this all off say it's all fine but uh, like all these things we've been pointing out it sort of started off being like oh if you look at the numbers 
was sort of disproportionately awarded to marginal seats. Oh, and actually, like, we have all these instances of people holding up checks and announcing the funding with a liberal candidate without including the local member before the funding had been announced. And <laughs> there was the footage of Greg Hunt um, from a Facebook page uh, for his local group that got the money. And the, the guy who was on the video was like, oh, we want to give you know special thank you to greg hunt and he turns to him and goes because i know that you know you got involved and did some work behind the scenes to make sure that we got this money and greg you hunt just all those like crimes you did greg yeah he just woodenly nods at the thing and they, they just have like example after example of all these people who were just blatantly involved in saying i will get you this money and then they come back to them with the big check and say here is a gift from me to you <laughs> And it just keeps stacking up. And then now we're right up to the point of we literally just got a spreadsheet of all of them and said, seats we want and we'll give the money to. Well, it seems it seems bad, but the color coding, the red is actually like red light, don't go. And blue <laughs> commonly is the color for go. Yes. And it just happens to line up with the party divide. But that's only because uh, the people in the blue seats, they got the good genes. They got the sporting jeans. Mm. Need the clubs. Sure. <laughs> That's it. Yep. Sports. Uh, so this is like, <laughs> this is the point where Bridget McKenzie starts making excuses. This is where she claims that he's actually reverse pork bar- barreling. Uh, in a statement, she said originally there was something like twenty-six percent of those projects recommended were heading into Labor Party electorates. Uh, the reality is, thanks to my decision-making as minister, 34% of the projects delivered went into Labor Party electorates. Um, but, but... Like, 34% it, is... That's a, that's a little not, much num- lower number than, like, 45%. Well, so, I mean, yeah, uh, in terms of, like, the distribution of seats, it kind of works out close-ish, but not perfectly, but... In terms of actual money, uh, they gave shitloads more to liberal-held seats. Uh, on average, liberal-held seats got $40,000 more than Labor-held seats. All up, liberal seats got $12.9 million in round one funding, uh, which is about 44% compared to Labor, which got 35 They got shitloads more cash. Uh, also, what would reverse pork barreling mean, right? Because well, you're essentially is- saying... Either way, you're acknowledging that it wasn't based on merit, right? You're saying, no, we just put it deliberately against our interests. Pretty cool. Because where you go to, go to the club on like a weekend and you just do like doughies on the yard or something and say like, don't vote for me, fuckfaces. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, thing, the thing that's very funny to me about this is that like it doesn't make any sense because that's not what pork barreling is. Pork no, barreling is trying to buy no the meaning. votes... Yeah. It's trying to buy the votes of an electorate that you want to vote for you. By giving whether, them pork. Yeah, whether that is you, can, you start rolling out the big barrels full of pork and feet, all that kind of thing. I'm just Googling pork barreling. So please continue. I got 40 litres of ham for you right here. <laughs> <laughs> it's a terrible barrel. unit. Oh, don't worry. Don't worry. It's all pickled, so it'll keep. <laughs> um but yeah, like, it's like just gel by this point. The 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 just the the sheer 
like confidence of her trying to pass it off as well some of the money went to seats that we don't hold <laughs> therefore it can't be pork barreling despite the fact that as we said the example that tipped the whole thing off in the first place was georgina downer running in her family's dynasty seat a marginal seat held by rebecca sharkey um with a big fucking check with her name on it saying hey everybody the Liberal Party is giving you a delightful gift of $127,000 for your local community stuff. Isn't the Liberal Party so generous? The Liberal Party is so nice. It's also worth worth pointing out that at this stage, there is sort of like in everyone's peripheral vision, just sort of like a bus kind of starting to do the rounds and everyone's doing like the, the mental arithmetic to work out uh, how to not be the person that is pushed in front of that bus. So I just see this as like a half-hearted kind of like attempt to get away from being the person that is pushed in front of the bus. Because I assume they don't want to like nail the deputy nationals leader to the wall if they could at all nail someone else to the wall. Uh, someone that they don't like so much. Well, here's this is where I think the whole thing gets really interesting in that it's like... What I feel like what we're seeing here is everybody has this expectation of, oh, they have been caught out blatantly using like a massive community grants program, like a thing that is supposed to be for the benefit of the populace at large. Um, they have been caught out red-handed using that as a political slush fund. There's no other way to put it. There's no other way to explain it. Um, they haven't done a particularly good job of explaining it. The, the defenses have ranged from, um, actually, we're giving money to our enemies out of some kind of spite. We're putting money into seats that we really want and don't currently have. So how could that be bad? <laughs> how can that be pork barreling? <laughs> um, the defenses range from that to a lot of versions of technically no rules were broken. Um, which also is kind of not true. I feel like some rules were maybe a little bit broken. Pretty sure some rules are broken. Yeah, um, that's, their big thing has been saying, well, they were all eligible, as in they were organisations that could that were eligible to receive the money, but most of them weren't recommended by the body that was meant to make that decision. So eligible here doesn't really mean anything. Mm. And and as they said, like they, they wrote their own version of guidelines that said the minister can do whatever they want and they said we followed the guidelines so you know extremely unconvincing attempts to to defend this stuff but i feel like we're in this interesting situation where what everybody is expecting to happen is what has happened in the past which is a minister has been caught red-handed doing this stuff you know their position is untenable she clearly needs to resign but the Liberal Party only have a, what, a, a, a two-seat majority? The Liberal National Coalition only has like a two-seat majority. So they are in this position of as soon as they lose one person, then the pressure is on to examine all of the other blatant corruption <laughs> and, you know, like all of Angus Taylor's cool stuff that he's always doing. Um, cool guy, the, Angus yeah, Taylor. <laughs> all of Angus Taylor's cool crimes that he's always committing. <laughs> and... Like, the pressure would be on about that, and if they had to have another person step down, then all of a sudden, they'd be a minority government, and things would be even harder for them to do than they are now. And I feel like if there's one thing that we've learned from, you know, Scott Morrison, from Donald Trump, from Boris Johnson, all of these things, it's that 
the idea of what normal means, uh, you know, political norms or the institutions that everybody understood as being normal 20 years ago or whatever, uh, a lot of that is is kind of going out the window because... Mm. You can just do anything now. It doesn't mean well, anything. Yeah. No one's... Nothing will happen. Nothing happens. And I've, I People think check that- and then everyone's like, shut the fuck up, nerd. And then you're on to the next thing before you know it. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, the, the Liberal Party has very clearly um, made, a, made like a, a habit of, over the last however many years of saying like when something comes up, they go, what if we just refuse to talk about this for several weeks until the news cycle moves on to something else? The end. And a lot of the time it works. But, but what I find interesting about this is the longer that this goes on, normally what would happen in the old world is that they would say, all right, this is making us look really bad. We're taking hits in the polls. You got to fall on your sword. Um, if they had done it quick enough, they could have said, just go to the backbench, um, which is also ridiculous in Australian politics that you can say, I am resigning to another job. Like, I, w- I will just go and sit on the backbench and continue to draw a massive salary and be employed in the same political party. Just right. think about busted. all my crimes. There's like a great yeah. Australian media tradition of, like, uh, running headlines that are like, you know, what's his name, minister, forced to resign amidst blast scandal. And everyone's like, holy shit, they're out of office. You're like, no, they just nope. no longer have the portfolio for sucking off coal. Yep. Uh, now they go on the backbench and then they spend more time on Sky News cool yeah so you don't don't even really actually lose your job or any of that sort of shit but instead because they've said hey uh if we make her quit that'll be a whole problem for us we'll have set a precedent that we will make people quit when they do crimes and we can't be having that um which means that like the media keep looking at this thing and the longer they look at it the more and more things they're digging up the more and more things like i mean today was the color coding thing Mm-hmm. More and more examples of how incredibly blatant it was. I feel like there were three news stories today. One of them was um, that Bridget McKenzie's own staffers came to her chief of staff and said, hey, um, this is going to look really bad. Like, th- it's going to look like criminal activity. And he said, well, the minister said this is how they want to do it. And we got to do what the minister says. Um, There was also the report that Sports Australia had already gone to them and said, we strongly advise against doing this because it's bad and wrong and (laughs) makes us look bad and like we're doing criminal shit. And they went, nope, we're very deliberately choosing to do it this way. And then somebody's leaked the thing about the color coding, which has made it even more blatant. There was the Greg Hunt thing. There's been all the different people who keep getting dragged into it. And it's like... Where Where is this one going to end? I don't think it's going to end in people quitting, personally. I don't know about this Liberal Party. Just getting a bad <laughs> vibe, you know? <laughs> yeah. What, like, where do they go from here? I genuinely don't know because I feel like they've kind of... They've, like, doubled and tripled down on this. Scott Morrison said that he's referring it to his own... What, his own chief of staff? Yeah, the, the, own, the Secretary of... Uh, the, the Department the of, of Prime, Prime Minister and Cabinet. Cabinet. Oh, I'm sure it'll all be fixed up then. Yeah, which oh, is, yeah. It's not like a legal investigation. That's like checking for a breach of ministerial standards. Uh, and those are the same ministerial standards that have things like you can't fuck someone you work with. So the real important stuff. Hmm. Yep. 
the uh, new one, if we if we recall. <laughs> Just imagining Barnaby Joyce doing the Homer Simpson. They have that rule because of me. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I just, I I don't know where it goes because, like, yeah, she's been caught out so blatantly, very obviously violating, you know, the code of conduct and all that kind of stuff. Um, and I've, like, have they left it too long to say, oh, we're going to do a reshuffle of cabinet and move her somewhere else? Because all of this is happening. She's not even in the sports portfolio anymore. It's not like they can do the oh, we're going to have a cabinet reshuffle and put you into something else because she's not even in that. So what do they do with her beyond saying, oh, you can resign to the backbench? But how long does this go on before the public is just like, come on, man? I feel like they've definitely done the thing where uh, they've said, I'm confident that there's been no wrongdoing too many times that they'll look dumb uh, if they actually do something about it. If they go, oh, by the way, there was clearly a lot of wrongdoing. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) oh you hate to do wrong and sometimes you just want everyone to do right do the right thing you know and what's the right thing uh but brainwashing your children with nationalist propaganda Mm -hmm. yeah uh so this was from this week this was a thing that kind of you know when you see a little little bit in the news and uh, your brain immediately starts to heat up as though you are boiling a cabbage in a big pot. Yep. Um, Brain's gone into rising. Bitcoin mode. Yep. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I, I read this and um, my brain immediately started overclocking <laughs> and then I, I, I clipped through the office floor. <laughs> so uh, on Saturday, Tanya Plibersek shared an article from the Daily Mail with the headline... Labor MP Tanya Plibersek calls for all Aussie school children to pledge allegiance to the country, democracy, and the rule of law. And she captioned her, her tweet, Yes, I do. Fucking dickhead. <laughs> cool. That's fucking dope, dude. Awesome. Mm. Remember as kids, you'd like just make stuff up and you'd like write it down on a piece of paper and then you'd recite it back to yourself and then agree with it and she's just doing this in public (laughs) hey here's a pledge i just made that i agree with our teacher is the best eh? Uh (laughs) and i should get 15 lollies tomorrow yes i do my god so, you know, the, the, the angle that she's taking is that this horrible summer of bushfire season and uh, all of our great, cool, uh, mad Max Fury Road style weather events um, has shown Australia like at its most generous. Um, she says, without pause or hesitation, people have accepted their duty to each other as citizens, as neighbours, as fellow human beings, she says. This has been patriotism at its practical best patriotism as the thread connecting us all as Australians. Not sure that's what patriotism is, but okay. Um, So she's going to give a speech calling for all school students to be taught the Australian Citizenship Pledge, which states... Um, Lucy, do you want to do the, the oh, pledge for us? Do in your twattiest voice. Do from this, from this time, give it to us from this time forward. I have to whip it up so I can read it. Oh, geez, a low. I don't like it. I can tell you that. <laughs> I did not enjoy seeing the tweet and I don't enjoy having to think about it. Well, while we wait. Mm. 
Terrible. Oh boy. Should have just read out the pledge like got it down <laughs> with the sickness. That would have been so much sicker. <sighs> Do I have to read this? Yep. Yeah, imagine that you're standing up in front of the class. Alright, I'm standing up in front of the assembly because I'm Ms. me P- when I was eight years old. I- I'm like the I'm like a little Hillary Clinton. She will soon uh, be bullied Ms. out of Plibersek, me. Miss Plibersek is standing there mouthing the words at you while you're doing it. Mm-hmm. From this time forward, I pledge my loyalty to Australia and its people, whose democratic beliefs I share, whose rights and liberties I respect, and whose laws I will uphold and obey. <laughs> 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 oh no, now it's the bad dream where you're farting in front of the school assembly. <laughs> maybe maybe while you're reading it out, maybe you could like imagine there's an Australian flag on the wall and kind of just raise your arm towards it mm. to kind of point to it as if you're agreeing with it. it. Just sort of yeah, a powerful kind of gesture. Extend your right arm out yep, uh, from out. your shoulder, mm-hmm. uh, palm flat facing the floor. Facing the ground. And then just yep. lift it up like a good... I don't know, 30, 35 degrees? Imagine you're, you're blocking out the summer sun with your entire hand and it's just going out towards the flag. Because you love Australia. <sighs> As you pledge your loyalty. It's just loyalty pledge. So um, she says uh, she's rejected the argument that patriotism is about exclusion and defining the boundary of who does and does not count as an Australian. She says, quote, patriotism like mateship fuck is about off. solidarity oh god it's so patronizing i've never heard that word mateship apart from in the context of a political party yeah just <laughs> just jingoistic <laughs> nationalist bullshit uh patriotism is the knowledge that we're not alone in this life is it is it <sighs> that our neighbors are there to share our struggles that we have 25 million people in our corner when we need it i've seen you know affair. our neighbors are not here to share our struggles they cause our struggles mm-hmm. they're here to spray us in the dick with a they're dodgy electricians we... they're dodgy plumbers <laughs> <laughs> oh to love your country is not to assume it's better than others patriots don't need to feel superior to feel proud mm. Oh, that's so weird. Just I just that's just not that's not what I've seen from patriots. It's the softest like hand wringing bullshit yeah. to be like, yeah, we should all be patriots because mm-hmm. of bloody where the where we wear the flag capes as well. But that doesn't mean necessarily we think our country is superior to others. Patriotism means friendship. Um, I I keep thinking of there is a line in The Simpsons where um. Principal Skinner is getting railed by everybody about something for like you know saying that uh, girls are better at math or boys are better at something you know and everybody's getting mad for Adam and everything he tries to say he's getting rinsed and I just I keep thinking of this um, line he says which is all I know is that uh, everybody's better than everybody else oh no I flubbed it um, all I all I know is that no one's better than anybody else and everyone's the best at everything. <laughs> <laughs> and this is this is what like 2020 Labour Party is to yeah, me. Yeah, that's right. 
It's the most pathetic, hand-wringing, soft, trying-to-please-everybody bullshit. And this recalibration that they're doing to um, somehow we're going to be like um, more racist and more right-wing than the Liberal Party. Yeah, I was going to say, I feel like this is so tone-deaf and that it's not even just like, you know, garbage centrism that the Labor Party normally is. It's like blatant right-wing appeal. It's just so transparent. Like, I mean, and I know that that's stupid to even say, but the, th- the other thing we were just talking about before we started recording was um, Christina Keneally, who has had this thing going lately of trying to draw attention to how many asylum seekers arrive in Australia by plane. And she's like, she keeps trying to call them airplane people, which... To anybody, any, like, progressive person in Australia should just send a fucking chill down your spine. Because the thing, like, the thing that has absolutely destroyed any ability to have, like, discourse about, um, like, asylum seeker or refugee policy in this country is the term boat people. Is how deliberately we turned this thing into, like, you know, the, the mode of transportation by which you arrived deems you to not be a human anymore. But I think they also think that they they actually have something like the Liberal Party on the hook for this, right? As oh, if, the, yeah. Like, they're yeah. going to be like, oh, yeah, but you don't care about uh, airplane people? As if the Liberal Party aren't going to turn around and just go, shut the fuck up, nerd. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> you, you want to try and out-racism us? We'll invent new ways of being racist, just well it's it's that or it's that or peter dutton turns around and says great point you should increase yeah, my great. powers to stop mm, and frisk yeah, everybody yeah. on the plane before they get off and come in the country and if it turns out that they're trying to see- seek asylum we'll just shackle them right there and then and turn the fucking plane around and it's like is that what we want like 400 times uh, on this show in the last 18 months or so whenever labor does anything whenever they put out any messaging it's like who is this for who this is for is nobody this, for? this is angering everybody and she tries to kind of temper it with like um right at the very end of the notes here we've got um this quote from her it says you can be a progressive and love your country i certainly do and everyone is just going like, boo. Everyone is groaning at her shit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's just like, you know, hire more women prison guards bullshit. It's like, it's for nobody. It's for nobody at all. Like the problem, the problem is that if, if she believed the shit that she was saying, the end of this paragraph, right? To love your country is not to assume that it's perfect. Patriotism is not above self-reflection and self-improvement. You can be proud of your citizenship and dedicated to progress. You can cherish this nation and want to make it better. You can be a progressive and love your country. I certainly do. You can think all of these things and not think that you need to make people blindly parrot an oath of loyalty to the concept of a fucking country as a child. Like, if if the... I mean, we already saw how even the Liberal Party supporters reacted to, like, Tim Wilson... When he was trying to do his weird, like, fucking the flag thing. Oh, God, it was so fucking creepy. You know, he was trying to do, like, a weird saluting the flag thing on Remembrance Day with having his hand over his heart and shit. And you see this classic photo, all these people, like, in a loose sort of crowd around him and every one of them is looking at him 
um, mm. like you would look at, you know, the person on on a crowded train who is pissing into a Seven Up bottle. <laughs> like mm-hmm. uh, everyone's, uh, no one wants to get involved, but they're all like, I don't know why this is happening. Yeah, it's like, who is this for? I feel like. For all of our horrible bullshit, this is one thing that Australians as a whole do not support from both sides of the political spectrum. Like, we don't like this stuff. And, yeah, but also, once again, like Thea said, who is this for? Because the most diehard, flag-fucking, love-it-or-leave-it, you know... They're never going to vote for you. Yeah, none of those people were ever going to vote for the Labour Party. So this idea of... We're going to push ourselves further to the right to eat into the Liberal Party's votes because we, th- I don't know, we think that we're guaranteed all of the votes that are like centre and anything to the left of centre. Like, do, do they think that they're going to hold that left flank by just trying to out, out Nazi the Liberals? I don't fucking understand it at all. It cooks my brain. And like, like we said, if there's one thing that no Australians seem interested in at all, it is importing this extremely, extremely right-wing, weird patriotism, flag-respecting, you know, kiss-the-troops kind of shit. Mm-hmm. A, th- a thing that I find really genuinely disturbing when I see it is every time that there is, like, a viral news story from the States, um, you've you seen those ones where it's like, hey, this uh, little boy was coming up the walk to this house and he saw a flag flying off the front of the house, so he just dropped his bike oh, and stood yeah. there and robotically recited the Pledge of Allegiance in an empty front yard. He saluted the flag. Yeah, the footage was <laughs> the footage was captured on the fucking front door cam that everybody has to make sure that nobody's stealing the packages that they have delivered uh, because they'd <laughs> rather use like wage slave shit than go out to a store and interact with somebody. But like when those things are cast as like, oh, isn't it great to see somebody showing respect to their country? It's like kids fucking eight. Mm. Why should it, like why should he have any concept of the idea of you know his country being important or superior to other ones or the fact that when he sees a flag he must stand with his hand over his heart and just loudly recite his his loyalty america centric and they have a brain disease here and we can (laughs) forgive them for that because their brains don't work properly but i would like to think that we're above that if you see a flag taken up by wind and then it kind of just flies over and lands on high voltage power lines as an American, it is your job and your duty to climb those power lines and get that flag down. Mm. Like, just, does, does anyone see the, those bits of footage of, like, when somebody's eating in a Chili's and the national anthem starts playing over the loudspeakers <sighs> and everybody just stands up and puts their hand over their heart? It's fucking psychotic. They love that shit. It's, and especially with, like, kids. Like, who is that for? Like, if you're forcing, like, an eight-year-old to recite a Pledge of Allegiance. It doesn't mean anything to them. They don't know anything about it. It's some weird perverse joy that you as an adult making them doing, but making them do it again. Like, it's such a fucking weird, empty gesture. It's so fucking perverse. Just let kids fucking not care about this shit because they fucking shouldn't have to. Well, I mean, more like, I, I don't know any other way to take it beyond hey, it's very important when people are extremely young 
to drill some idea into them that they owe something. They owe some type of loyalty I think to the country that they, they live in. I think they get smart enough to realise it's all bullshit. Yeah, and mm. so we're going to drill this thing into your head so that you think that you need to, like, do military service or you think that you need to never question a police officer when they're strip-searching your eight-year-old kid or any of these fucking things. And, like, you know, all I'll say is I'm very glad that the that the Australian, like, party that traditionally is there to represent workers and the working class is getting some really good priorities out there. Mm. Like, making sure that if you come here asking for help, that we will also hit you on the head with a truncheon whether you arrive by a plane or a boat. Um, and also making sure that um, your kids are little nationalist zombies. Fucking great stuff. It's good to me that we will have a liberal government for the foreseeable future. Forever. Yep. Mm -hmm. Forever. But hey, Bernie Sanders. It's looking good. It's true. Um, we had... We had something else. <laughs> something else happened this week, which is... Something else? Uh, there's, there's already too much. We had a, a Australia Day. I'm doing inverted commas around it. Mm -hmm. Because we all know what it really is. Invasion Day. Right? I think we can all agree on that one. We can all agree on that. I think overwhelmingly Australia is starting to agree on that one. And that's quite nice. Hmm. Well, you'd say that in your little left-wing bubble, wouldn't you? In my little bubble. That's right. Hey, but the important thing is that Labour leader Anthony, Bo uh, Anthony Albanese got out there and he put forward a strong position, which was, hey, we should all just keep Australia Day on the 26th, but also just try to be nicer to Indigenous people about it. Oh, cool. Once again, once again, proving that he is the master of making all sides of the political spectrum happy mm. simultaneously it's just pragmatism to rival lenin you know it's incredible yep and if like when when they post shit like that to their social media you look at the replies and there's just these right-wing people going oh more woke bullshit to appeal to the greenies and it's like mm -hmm. these people think that you saying let's keep australia day on the day you want it to be on is it's like woke bullshit is, it's woke bullshit. Why are you trying to appeal to them? It's not working. But anyway, as part of um, quote-unquote Australia Day, uh, they also do the Australia Day Honours, which is uh, an honour system where they have, like, the Australian of the Year. They have a few different grades. They give people the Order of Australia, which is the, I believe, the third highest, third highest, like, um, civic rank that's uh, true and what are the other two you can receive um best friend of australia correct yep and kissing partner of australia mm. wife of the country wife of the wife country of the country but uh so a person who received the order of australia um this week i'm really i'm really still struggling with this one yeah um i'm feeling was, mad i'm feeling uh, angry just putting it out that there before you well go ahead. That well-known sex therapist since the 1970s and social commentator and advocate for men's issues. And we're not talking about back issues of men's health, you know? Mm. We're not talking about prostate cancer, folks. That's right. Talking about no. women having it too damn, too damn good. Mm. Women, these women, they're always making up uh, sexual assaults. 
and trapping men with pregnancies, probably. We are, of course, talking about Bettina Arndt. Can I hear that name one now, more time? Bettina Arndt. You know that uh, the screenshot that's from like a... Uh, I can't remember what console it is, but it's like a fucking retro game. Uh, that's a American baseball thing and it's got all yes, these names yes. in them that are meant to be like, like a Japanese and game up. and it's like yeah. fake American names mm-hmm. yeah. that's exactly that's what, what it sounds like Batita Art sounds like to me it's like it's almost and it's almost there it's got the right letters but it's just not quite right so hey some of the uh, some of the items on her CV in the Governor General's website when talking about the great reasons to give her this honour um, some of her services include online dating coach 2001 to 2017 mm-hmm. uh-huh. that's what I would put on my resume if I was unemployed <laughs> <laughs> just sitting next to like some guy no put the camera up higher and point mm-hmm. it down towards yourself before you make your rsvp.com profile picture uh, also contributor to Jordan Peterson's Think Spot since mm. 2019. Mm-hmm. It's a spot for thinking. And campus tour since 2018. They don't Any really more go info into on that one? Of, they don't go into a lot of info about it, but my understanding is that tour. the campus tours are where um, she goes to campuses and says the cancel culture and women oh. making up sexual assaults and rapes at universities is out of control it was the latter of those two uh this tour was specifically the one that she's still doing is the uh uh campus rape is fake one that's her thing at the moment mm. oh she has a yep. book called hashtag men too mm. Mm. you see she's put the Pretty letter clever. n into it. me too Fuck. Transforming it to be about men. This makes me very angry. You're gonna get angrier. But Um, also the other book, all the other her other books that she wrote in like the 80s are like love making tips for men, (laughs) love making tips for women. And then after she released those two, she released another book just called like love making. She's like, you know what? I'm done with the gender segregation here. Here's a comprehensive volume. Get this one. Yeah, it's very not good. Um, so, this is this is pretty upsetting. Uh, content warning on some of this, if you would not like to hear about uh, convicted pedophiles, I guess. So, this is the kind of, like, men's rights advocacy that, that she does. Um, in 2018, she interviewed convicted pedophile Nicholas Bester and posted it online with the title... Feminists persecute disgraced teacher. Oh, I mean, that title by itself is perfectly accurate. Yes. Mm. What? Every word oh. of that is true. What? Once again, I am persecuted simply for my crimes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the former Tasmanian teacher was jailed in 2011 for grooming and repeatedly raping a 15-year-old student. He was jailed again in 2016 for producing child exploitation material after boasting online that his crimes were, quote, awesome. Cool. That's not it. <sighs> that is not it. So basically she, she did this like long ranging, very uncritical, friendly interview with this guy um, in which he went on... Um, to say, hey, 
hey, uh, these girls, you know, they just can't, just can't leave me alone. Um, and she was like, <laughs> yes, women do be like that. Um, so the, he wrote online, the majority of men in Australia envy me. I was 59. She was 15 going on 25. It was awesome. No, yeah. I feel like that number is probably closer to 15 going on 16. Yeah, yeah. that seems more accurate. So um, in this interview, uh, she said, over the years, I've talked to many male teachers about sexually provocative behavior from female students. Sensible teachers, of course, run a mile from these girls, but the teachers are really still vulnerable because they can easily be subject to false accusations if they reject or offend the young woman in question. Well, you know how it is to be a teacher. You either have to have sex with the 15-year-old against your will or um, be falsely accused of having sex with the 15-year-old if you refuse to have sex with the 15-year-old. Um, she then added that young women needed to, quote, behave sensibly and not exploit their seductive power to ruin the lives of men. Oh, my God. This is so disgusting. It's, and it I'm is so mad psychotic. that anyone has acknowledged her as a human being because she is a disgusting piece of shit. Yep. Anyways, Absolute continue. piece of shit. Uh, in response to Bester's comments that his crime was awesome, Aunt laughed and said it was pretty stupid, but that, quote, I can imagine how easily this happens. So, mm. basically just big time, big time uh, rape apologist, big time pedophile defender, uh, number one on the Nantes squad, uh, probably cried when Jeffrey Epstein died, Bettina Aunt. Uh, and of course, if you would like an example of the massive brain thinking that she is capable of, here is this is Theo's favorite. Here is a tweet that she posted. <laughs> and this is this is after Unicode announced the new emojis, and one of the one of the emojis on it was the um, hand held up with um, thumb and forefinger measuring a small distance. No more uh, than no more than one or two inches between them. It's just a little bit. You know it's, the yes the 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 international symbol for a little bit, mm-hmm. little bit please. Yep. The international hey, symbol for pepper, someone saying. How much pepper would you like on that? Do you want a second piece of bit. cake? Just a little one, just yep. a sliver. How yeah. how much more can I reverse the car in? Just just this just, little bit. Just, just this little bit more. It's it's a small distance. Uh, um, but it, but if you are Bettina Ars, you look at this and think to yourself, um, this is probably a woman asking a man, "Hey, how much how much uh, pathetic penis do you have to put inside me?" And then the man has to hold up just a little. It's, I'm sorry, it's just a little. She has posted on Twitter. Imagine how feminists would react if new emojis included a symbol of a roomy vagina to signal <laughs> sneering at women. With a emoji of what she could only assume is the tiny dick emoji. What would Although that look it, like? I'm just trying to picture like no, a guy I, taunting me I, with like a just like a large circle he's making with his like his big fingers. Imagine, imagine you're on Twitter and you've just received like the fifteenth unsolicited uh, nude photo from a woman for the day. 
you're just no, sick of it. You're sick of it. You're sick of this oh, treatment. You're thinking about closing your DMs because this uh-huh. happens all the time. Yeah. Yep. But but Unicode, they've got you covered, and they've got the roomy vagina emoji for you to just bounce back and just shut the conversation That's right. down. That's right. They're they're constantly taunting me with their big pussies. Uh-huh. <laughs> 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 oh. <laughs> oh, how do you become like this woman? I mean, how it's, do you get to that age and still be like, mm, he's going to pick me, you know? He's not going to pick you, sweetie. It's absolutely inexplicable. And of course, um, we've also just had some stuff pop up in pretty much today. Uh, that I think um, a new Matilda, independent outlet New Matilda, has done a long-running investigation and said... Despite being passed off by the Australian media as a psychologist and clinical psychologist, and more recently, Dr. Arndt, in the Australian newspaper and in federal parliament, it turns out that she is not a doctor, has never obtained a PhD, and nor, as it turns out, is she a psychologist or clinical psychologist. Turns out she's just a big fucking idiot. Hmm. But, you know, I don't know how people do it. Running a great scam with nothing in her brain. Just believe in yourself. You fake it till you make it. That's... (laughs) It's living well, proof. Like, like well, Georgina Downer, she's doing the secret. It's speaking of faking it. Uh, can I read just a couple of my favorite of those Japanese baseball names? <laughs> Please do. <laughs> Please. <laughs> they start out come out of the, the uh, gate strong with Sleeve McDykel. <laughs> <laughs> I love these so much. Onsen Sweamy. <laughs> Good. Ray McSriff. <laughs> Royal Chamberlain, <laughs> Mike Truck. Oh, very Mike good. Mike Truck is my favorite. <laughs> I reckon, but my favorite, I, I think, just just a simple one right at the very end. Todd Gonzalez. <laughs> <laughs> They're all just so close. They're just you know like all a letter or two away from being perfectly fine. Todd Gonzalez. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's a me, Todd Gonzalez. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, it's good to end on a slightly lighter note because I think it's safe to say that this uh, this appointment has single-handedly ruined the honours system in Australia. It sure has. Hey, remember when we gave Prince Philip the knighthood? And yeah, then everyone changed that. their Twitter name to yeah. <laughs> Sir Knight for like two years. That's why you became uh, Dame Sir Bogdad on Twitter. <laughs> So, Mr. Nightington. It's a cool system. Mm. Mm. I'd, yeah. Mm. Uh, I don't get it. it. Welcome to the Grift universe. You can fucking do anything you want. Uh, Actions don't have consequences uh, unless that action is you grifting and the consequence is you get shitloads of money. Words don't have meaning. Uh, There's no justice to the universe. Uh, all the worst baby. people alive are thriving and yeah that's it that's the future that we live in now we live in the grift future well in Bettina Art's defense oh um, she said Strong that sentence. the media were largely to blame for the widespread misidentification uh, they should do their homework my CV has been up on my website for years and years and years Ms. Art said I don't call myself a psychologist I say I trained as a clinical psychologist oh mm-hmm. uh huh that's cool. I uh, went to law co- school for like a yeah. semester or two. You so know you trained as a lawyer. <laughs> That's right. Um, and then she goes on to say, you can't start every interview by correcting your host. 
If, wow. I feel like you could start like one or two of them that way. You could just do it See once or twice. See how it pans out. Mm. Um, like she says, you can't start every interview by correcting your host. I mean, I do sometimes. I have done many times. Many times. But I've done, I don't know, how many thousands of interviews in my life. When you have a two-minute television interview and I have an important message to say, I'm not going to spend the first minute going through my qualifications, am I? I feel like if you did it like 20 times in a row, people would stop calling you that. It's almost like it's good for her somehow. But then you only have a minute 50 to say how the broads have it too good. Mm. That's true. So, um, terrible, terrible shit. Uh, there's really no one that anyone can complain about, uh, complain to about this or anything. So, we just thought we would share it with you because... Uh, well, we're complaining up. to you, the audience. Yes, mm. yes. Thank- if you could do something about it, that would be great. Yeah, if you, if you currently have your hands on the levers of control, if you are in possession of like the mechanism to make change, uh, why don't you do something about it? But if you are, why are you listening to this podcast? Yeah. Get off your Very ass and strange. do something, please. Go do some activism. God damn. Uh, well, that's all of our activism done for the week. Mm-hmm. We can pop ourselves out of this tank all oh. pruned and shriveled. Finally. Thank God. Uh, so salty. I'm licking Theo's back. He does not like it at all. Mm-hmm. I'm so calm. And- I've just been such a <laughs> relaxing experience. <sighs> Oh, good God. And I've had so um, much time to spend alone with my regrets. <laughs> As always, uh, if you would like to send us in a, a letter or a correspondence or some such, uh, you can send that into mailbag at buntavista.com. And if you would like to get an extra bonus episode every single week, um, shot right into your dirty, waxy ear holes, mm. you can head on over to uh, patreon.com slash buntavista. And that is it for us for the week. Thank you very much for joining us. Uh, and from all of us, especially Ben. Mm-hmm. Goodbye. Mm-hmm. Why am I saying goodbye more than anyone else? Especially you know Ben. You know Ben's saying it twice as loud as everyone else. There's <laughs> nothing untoward going on. It's just a normal goodbye. Bye. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> Thank you.